You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? We are back here for another edition of Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Scott Benley. Uh, we have a, a weekend of games against Cleveland to go over. Dropping this one, uh, dropping two of three games over this past weekend to the uh, the soon-to-be Cleveland Guardians in Cleveland. Uh, I was at the Saturday game, took a fun little road trip, and uh, went to see them play in uh, at Progressive Field, which was fun, and that was the only game we won. So that's uh, that was kind of cool. But uh, a very stressful game and the other two games were uh, not particularly uh well Sunday's game was was kind of a blow up this was a really ugly series I'm gonna be honest so we're gonna get into that we're gonna get into uh the middle infield of this team we're gonna get into Jonathan scope extension that happened over the weekend as well before we get started gotta let everybody know that uh this episode is brought to you by Locked On MLB. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan. Please just call him Sully every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts. So subscribe on Locked On MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get uh, let's get right into these games here. So the Friday game, Tigers dropped this one 6-1. to one. Was never really particularly close. It was six nothing after four and ended up being six one. They had fifteen hits. It, it was not a very close game. Matt Manning with the start in this one. His final line: four innings, ten hits, six runs, no walks, three strikeouts, eighty three pitches. Um, first off, we're not even going to talk about the bullpen. I don't care. Derek Holland, Ian Kroll, Buck Farmer. I have no analysis to give on those three guys. They also pitched three innings of shutout ball. Good for them. Not anything to analyze. Okay. Matt Manning, his first two innings looked some of the best we've ever seen him. He looked phenomenal the first two innings. He had a he had a third pitch working. He had the changeup working. The curveball was looking really good. The fastball command was actually decent the first two innings. He was looking really solid for two innings. And then the third inning happened, and he was a completely different pitcher. It was it, it was a, a massive 180. I mean, for real. He he went from on point, looking like I said, some of the best I'd ever seen him, to not uh, even looking like he was ready to be a major league pitcher in a span of 15 minutes. <laughs> the the command went down the drain. He got way too fastball heavy, and they just started hitting him all over the yard. He got 10 hits in four innings. Every breaking ball was either hung or so far outside that it wasn't even thought about being swung at. I mean, genuinely, he just he just completely turned into a wreck after the second inning. And he only lasts four. So half of a start was, was really good, and half of a start was not. So... I mean, you got to leave him up. A, we don't have the the a healthy enough pitching staff to not leave him up. But B, 
I, I'm not re- at this point with having as many starts as he does at the major league level. I'm not really sure what sending him back down does at this point. You're what you're going to send him back down for the what third time? I you know this year, whatever, man. I, you might as well just leave him up. Let him take his lumps. Team's not competing anyway. Just just let him take his lumps and go through it. Mize and Scooble. We all were. Our, we all remember how little we forget, or how quickly we forget, how uh, how much they struggled in 2020. Mize especially. This happens. I'm gonna get the sea legs under him. He's gonna be fine. But uh, definitely a tale of of two halves to that start. The first half of his four innings really good. The second half not. The offense was pretty much non-existent this game. Actually had some some BABIP luck, got some hits, but just no, the, the yeah, just no offense, man. And the entire, like, six through nine, nobody got a hit. Like, nobody even got on base. I, I mean, li- listen to this. Listen to six through nine. Eric Haas, 0 for 4, 2 Ks, no walks. Victor Reyes, 0 for 4, 3 Ks, no walks. Willie Castro, 0 for 3, 3 Ks, no walks. Derek Hill, 0 for 3. No walks, 1K. I'm not going to win too many games with that, uh, where, where it's an automatic out after you get past the top five in the lineup. So just a reminder, this roster still needs help, and hopefully we get it this offseason. But for now, this is where we're at. So that is uh, Friday's game, and then Saturday's game, we have 2-1 to one final. This is the game that I was at. This was an incredibly stressful game. And uh, we did not find out. We were sitting in the third deck. We did not find out until after that uh, this game was even more stressful than we even realized because of how horribly umpired it was. If you don't follow MLB umpire scorecards on Twitter, you're doing yourself a major disservice. They also have a website, so if you're not on Twitter... There's a website, and you can you can check out the website and stuff. They give out a complete report card, top to bottom, of every single baseball game, every single day, the entire season. And how well the home plate balls and strikes umpiring was for uh, every single game, all year. And one of the cool things they do is they take, uh, they do, they crunch the numbers, and they figure out how many runs based on either calls going in your favor or calls going the opposite of your favor, um, how many runs your team was theoretically cost. Okay? The, the this Saturday's game, the umpire scorecard came out, and it was genuinely one of the worst umpired games. I've, I've been following that account for for. The entirety of the 2020 season now, and now all of this season, so so almost two full seasons, for whatever you want to count 2020 as, two full baseball seasons, and I have never seen, off the top of my head, a, a card that bad, and they went back and they did, the, the account did acknowledge that um, the runs in favor for was almost three, I believe, for Cleveland, for the Guardians. 
uh, was almost three whole runs. Now, usually these are like tenths of runs, right? They're like, oh, this team favored, you know, if, if you go look, you, can, you go through all of them. They're posted every morning. They're almost all like, oh, this, this game was, you know, three tenths of a run or, or two tenths of a run. And, and the bad ones are like, wow, this was almost an entire run. That's like the bad ones are like, wow, like 0. 0.8, 0. 0.9 or like one whole run. That's bad. This was almost three entire runs favored based on balls and strike calls alone to Cleveland. And we still won this game 2-1 to one and almost shut them out until Wilson Ramos had to have his revenge game and hit a solo homer in the ninth off Gregory Soto. We also loaded the bases back-to-back innings with less than two outs, got out of it without getting up a run both times. The inning after that had first and second no outs and got out of that one. I don't. I, it was it was so stressful. One of the most stressful wins we've had in a long time. <laughs> As someone who was in attendance, I, it was it was very stressful. Tyler Alexander was the start, best start of his season by far. He went five innings, so him and, and AJ Hinge can make that joke. He finally went five. He's actually a starter. Fulmer goes out, does well. Funkhauser looks good. Cisnero looks good. Soto, um, the, Soto's problems remain. Gave up the the solo homer. Didn't walk anyone though, which is nice. Um, just needs to put it all together still. And yeah, I mean, like that's that's pretty much it for Saturday's game. I would say we can get into uh, maybe some of the offensive performances on the other side of the break here. But first, I got to talk to everybody about our friends at Stat Hero. Did you know that eighty five percent of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? It's isn't that surprising. The game is literally rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time than you do. You really don't stand a chance. So this is introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning actually within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes. Winner takes all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineup ahead of time. No one else is going to do that. It's so fun, honestly. I, as someone who has who has done this, it really is a, a boatload of fun. You are in control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be. Truly one v one, not you versus thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of other people. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. You go to stathero.com slash locked on to sign up for free. And right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you 300% match. That's unheard of. So go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. All right, everybody. We are back here at the Locked On Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, August 9th, 2021. Uh, offensive performances for Saturday. Badu gets a hit. Scopey gets a couple of hits hours after signing an extension. That's awesome. Uh, Candelario with a knock. Eric Haas with a couple of hits. Victor Reyes gets <laughs> Victor Reyes things. Uh, that dude is, is something else, man. People... <laughs> oh man, truly unbelievable. Uh, so yeah, not. I mean, we only scored two runs ourselves, so not some ridiculous uh, game. They out hit us ten to seven, and we won two to one and almost shut them out. 
So, uh, you know, I guess we'll take it. Gregory Soto closes the door. Yeah, just the, the thing about this game was just the umpiring. And I am not one to I, – I am not an advocate for robot umpires. I'm really not. It's, it's one of my uh, more traditionalist, whatever, boomerish takes. But uh, it, it, I'm, I'm not about it. And I, want, I want personal lumps. I think framing is important. I think catcher defense is, port, is important. But, man, you look at a game like Saturday, and you're like, dog. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It, it's, it's unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable. And, like, we were sitting in the third deck, and, and we were like, all right. Like, you know, we're going to – we were the, the road team, too, so, like, we weren't getting any sympathy for, like, oh, that looked good from the third deck. You know what I mean? But, but gosh, just hearing, hearing, having people hit us up during the game and be like, yo, <laughs> this umpire, look at this screenshot of this ump, what this ump just called a ball. And I was like, okay, now we got to let him know. You know, so that's yeah the the big story for that one. Sadly, the definition of an ump show, the game got made about the umpire and not about the players. That frustrates me. You're there to officiate. No one, no one's buying tickets to see you. Calm down. All right. Okay. Let's uh, enough about umpires. Let's go to Sunday's game. Tigers lose this one five to seven. Uh, this was. One of the ugliest baseball games I, I've seen in a minute. It was really bad. Willie Peralta on the bump. Goes five innings, six hits, five runs. Only two of them earned, though. One walk and four strikeouts. Uh, sure. Rasmus Ramirez. One in the third, three hits, two runs. Joe Jimenez. Two. T- uh, yeah, point two. One walk, one K. Ian Kroll. One uh, scoreless inning. One shutout inning, I should say. Um, okay, so the we, we had a lead and blew it. We should we should have won this game. We were up five to two, going into the fourth inning, and and lost this game seven to five. No reason to lose it. Uh, the big thing with this one is the the middle infield man. The middle infield was horrific, horrific, and it is horrific. And the thing is. It's not like it's like, oh, oh, you know, they're, they're horrible defensively, but damn, they rake. They're going to go up there and, and, and hit the hell out of the ball. Nope. Willie Castro at second baseman ha- has one of the most impressively horrible advanced defensive metrics there are consistently, no matter where he plays, has a 6-10 OPS. Zach Short made two errors. Yesterday and also just had an ugly weekend. He dropped a, a, a pickoff by Jose Cisnero, like just or, or a PFP by Jose Cisnero. Just, just so Zach Short has two errors. He he's OPSing five sixty three. Like how this team has managed to go through an entire rebuild, a five year rebuild, a half a decade long rebuild. And obtain no middle infield talent is unbelievable. And it's frustrating. And I've had enough of it. <laughs> it's so annoying. And like earlier in the in, in the year, not even that long ago, probably like weeks ago, 
I was like, you know what? Just let Zach Short start the rest of the season. I don't care if he hits, you know, 100. He's, he's at least going to be a sound defender. Well, that's out the window because he's not. I don't know if the, how horrible he's been at the plate is what's making him not a good defender, if those two things are correlated, or if it's the jump between just AAA and the majors, or what it is. But it's bad, and, I, and I'm so tired of it. I'm so, so tired of it. We don't have a shortstop literally at any level in this entire organization. We maybe have a second baseman in Isak Paredes. But that's far from like a sure thing. And that's also like it. I, I'm not a Cody Clemens guy. He's going to get some playing time this year. He's going to get his shot. Because, because who else is really in front of him? But it's just, it's so, it's, I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of it, man. So this middle infield is just annoying. Because they can't hit, they can't field. Like, why are you here? And so that leads us to the offseason, in which you have to spend money. You have to. You cannot go this offseason without getting a shortstop. I'm sorry. You can't do it. You can't. There is not even remotely close to a bigger hole on this team. We can literally go through position by position, and I can explain to you word for word why all the other eight positions on the team are, are not as big of a need as shortstop. It is easily the biggest hole on the team. We do not have anyone coming. We don't have anyone next year, two years from now, five years from now in the organization right now that's going to be a long-term everyday like star shortstop. You need to sign. It's the best shortstop class of my lifetime. With with some research, I, I might be able to confidently confidently say of all time. There are four of the best shortstops in the sport are all going to be free agents at the same exact time. This is a premier defensive position. The most important, if you're an advanced analytics person, the most important defensive position in the infield and one of the top two most important defensive positions in, in the whole field. You don't have anyone there. And the people you do put there can't hit anyway, so it doesn't even matter if they can't play defense. You have no one to put there. You have to sign one of the shortstops. You have to. You literally have to. I don't care if it's an overpay. If, if we're going back and forth, we're trying to outbid other teams, outbid people. Because you're not winning without a shortstop. It's not happening. Way too important of a position defensively and in the lineup to just not have one and, and be good. And if Brad Miller runs out on opening day to play shortstop for the Detroit Tigers in 2022, I am not responsible for my actions. <laughs> All right. That's, that's enough. That's enough about the middle infield. Let's get into... Uh, Let's get into Scopey. 
First, I got to talk to everybody about our friends over at BuiltBar.com, though. Built Bar. Everybody knows, nine delicious flavors. Coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. My favorite flavor, cookies and cream. It's fantastic. The best out there. But if you don't agree with that, you don't think you'd agree with that, or you just want to try some, get the mixed box. Two of each of the nine flavors. Then you know what your favorite flavor is. Not only are Built Bars the best for you, they're the best tasting and best for you, I should say. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. So order today. Get that orange, get that cookies and cream, get the mixed box, get whatever. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. You can eat what Olympians eat. You think Olympians put... put crap into their body no they taste good they're great for you go get a built bar man promise you won't regret it go to build.com use promo code locked 15 you'll get 15 percent off of your order that's promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com all right and i also got to talk to everybody about our friends over at betonline.ag betonline is the fast and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball seasons in full swing you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest nudes, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, even your UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online, your laptop or mobile device, and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts. That's promo code locked on for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag. All right, everybody, we are back here for our final segment of our first show of the week here at Locked On Tigers. I am Scott Ben. You can follow the show at Twitter at Locked On Tigers, although it's being a little weird right now. I got a locked on people. It shouldn't last too long. Uh, and then you can follow me on Twitter at Bentley Scotty. Um, okay, Jonathan Scope, extended. Extended. He is staying for another two years after this one, at least another one year. So the details of it is a two-year extension worth $15 million. That is 7.5 annual AAV. I just said annual AAV. Um, that is 7.5 7. AAV. Uh, and then there is an option after next season it's a team option so uh pretty awesome to be honest i'm thrilled about this i think this is this is best case scenario to be completely honest with you uh this is first off the um the the value is incredible seven and a half mil a year is is nothing to this team uh, <laughs> also the, I, I totally just lied. The, the, uh, I'm, I'm very tired. I apologize. The option is a, uh, is a player option after next season. I, I'm pretty sure I said team. If I didn't, then I just sound like even more of an idiot than I already am. Just a lot of stupidity today. I'm not, not hundred percent. They're very tired and a lot of driving. Like I said, went down to Cleveland getting back late, but, uh, John and Scope, seven and a half. Incredible value, incredible value to get him at seven and a half mil for the next two years. Um, that's that's what he, for what he's been doing and and what he's meant to the lineup. That's that's incredible value. Um, also the versatility, 
him being able to play first base and second holds incredible value to this team because basically he can play first until Torque is ready. And then when Torque is ready, you just slide him over to second because, hey, guess what? We don't have any of those either, as I mentioned in the previous segment. And if Paredes comes up and and he ends up being, you know, phenomenal, sure, then then Scope, you know, he, he's, he's whatever, platooning or whatnot. But if, if Scope is it ends up being terrible or if we just have too much talent, which I can't imagine being possible based on the current status of the roster, um, then then you just cut him and it's not the buyout is not that big of a deal. Because, again, it's, it's not that much AEV. It's $15 million over two years. He is a Scott Boris agent. Well, Scott Boris is his agent, I should say. Scrambling my words, I'm very sorry for the uh, the quality of this third segment here. Um, he's uh, it's just awesome. This is this is this is great news. I'm uh, I'm very pleased about the uh, the extension. I think everyone should be, man. Depth is never a bad thing. So even if he's not the everyday starter at the end of the second year, it it doesn't matter. It's well worth it. Well, well, well worth it. Um, first base, like I said, what else is there to cover with it? First base for now, Torque gets called up. And then even if like the third base things work for Torque, okay, then you just have scope at first. You know what I mean? Like there's really no nothing to be mad about. There's no way this isn't a good deal. And we go back to the trade deadline. That's the other only other thing I want to talk about. We go back to the trade deadline where... You know, I, I was saying I think value-wise it probably makes more sense still to, to move him. But if you don't move him, you have to extend him. And that's what they did. And they didn't waste any time. They didn't wait till the offseason and leave it in the hands of, oh, you know, maybe. They just got out ahead of it and went, hell yeah. <laughs> Scope extended. It was the right thing to do. It made no sense to not trade him and uh, not extend him. So clearly... They either got no calls on him and were like, all right, we're just going to keep him. Or they got some calls on him, but they were so underwhelming that they were like, you know what, screw it. At this rate, for a guy that's, you know, high 700s OPS, is going to consistently probably do that over the next couple of years, give us some pop in the lineup, can play first and second base. He's way more valuable to us for seven and a half mil for the next two years than he is for, for you know, what? a C-level prospect from Minnesota. You know what I mean? Obviously, that was the Twins are, were not buyers, but it was an analogy. Chill on me, okay? So, uh, great deal. Everyone should be happy about it. Everyone should be happy about it. Awesome. I, I, he deserves it. He sounds like he loves it here. Uh, it would be really cool if, if a guy we brought in, you know, at the during a not very good time... <laughs> We brought him in right after losing 114 games. Then he was around to like, you know, mess around and be on a playoff roster. Like that'd be a cool thing, you know? I don't know. That's just the hopeless romantic in me, I guess. But that's uh, everyone should be happy. It's great value, uh, great, great everything. He seems happy. Fans should be happy. Organization should be happy. The roster is is sure as hell happy. The depth the next couple of years is happy. Things that clearly don't have emotions are happy. Everyone's happy, man. (laughs) 
Everyone's happy. All right. I'm, uh, I'm going to stop rambling and we'll just get out of here. Uh, before I send you on your way, got to tell you about Locked on Bets. Betting on the MLB, on MLB, baseball, Tigers, whatever. Doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blog specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. So follow Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Thanks for tuning in for another show. Thanks for listening. means the world. Um, yeah, man. I get still tons of DMs a day talking about the show and, and people are fans or people calling me an idiot, and I love it all the same, baby. Glad to be here. Glad you guys uh, listen. Thanks for giving me a platform. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you all tomorrow. Hopefully with uh, a little bit better, you know, stuff going on in the uh, – in the Tigers world. Not the scope thing's good, but you know, maybe actually beating teams. <laughs> okay, I'm going to bed. Thank y'all for listening. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. And I will uh, catch you tomorrow. Go Tigers, baby.